nothing. I just fell over three months ago, I guess before I went to Nigeria, God speaking to my heart about this message to love. That Christianity is all about love. That Jesus came not only to show us God's love, but to allow us to partake of God's love and to have God's love inside us so we can spread it. Amen. We spread the love. We spread God's love. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Speak today and encourage us to be obedient to your love. Your commandment to love. We are not like the world. We are not of the world. We belong to you, sons and daughters of God. And you commanded us to love one another. Because love is of God. And we receive that commandment from you with with joy. It's good to love. It is good to be loved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. You know, I said there before, that's the scripture that most of the world know. Even people who don't go to church, they know that scripture. John 3.16. If you watch uh, Super Bowl or in, uh, I don't know about today, but you see John 3.16. How many have seen that? Yes. Famous scripture. Powerful scripture. I believe God has chosen that scripture to be forefront. So everyone can see this is who God is. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, Jesus came so you can have life. Jesus came so things can be changed in your life. Things can become better. Jesus himself said it. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now he's not talking about when you get up there in heaven. He's saying here, I want them to have life and to have life in abundance. And he is love. He came to spread the love of God. You know, there's over 6 billion people, right? In the world today. How come God doesn't surround you with all of the 6 billion people? You are only surrounded with those that God has placed in your life. And that's for a reason. He's giving you the commandment to love God and to love your neighbor. And then he gave you these individuals that you can see now for you to express the love that he has put in your heart. If you obey, you will be blessed of God. If you, for whatever reason, step out of love and justify the reason not to love, you step out of God. And you step out of life. The commandment is not to trap you. The commandment is to make life beautiful for you. If you do this, and the Old Testament says, if you will turn not to the right, nor to the left, you do it fully with all of your heart. This one commandment, God will bless you. So everyone that you have in your life, your husband, right? 
the enemy will cause situations in your, in your life to make you want to step out of love. But God placed that person, the husband, in your life for your blessing. He said to the children of Israel, I allowed you to walk in the wilderness these 40 years. I was trying to prove what was in your heart. I want to see if you will obey me. If you will listen to me. So your husband, your wife, those that God has placed in your life, they are there to bring you up to the summit. If you will love. But if for whatever reason you step out of love, you step out of life, and you step out of God. First John 4 verse 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. This type of love we're talking about is not the love, not the selfish love that you see in the world. This is God's kind of love. And God says you can love if you are born again. You can truly love like God loved. Let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. So you are born again to love. Amen. You are born again to love. I know you think we're born again. Most of us think we're born again so we can live a pleasing life to, uh, before God and not sin, not curse, not sinners fall out of us. Hey, now, nah, that's good. But the real reason you are born again to love. And if you love, those four letter words will be gone because they are offensive to your brother, right? Not just because it's, it's wrong to say this, but because of how it makes my brother feel. Love. And you have that love in your heart. That's the revelation God has given to us. He said, God has poured out His love into our hearts. We have that love there. So when you are not loving, God will judge, can judge you for it because you have the ability to love. You just have chosen not to love. Love is a spiritual thing. And I said, it is limitless because it's spiritual. It's not by how you feel. You choose to believe. You choose to walk in love. So it is a spiritual thing. And last week I started by talking about the nature of this love. What is the nature of this kind of love that Jesus brought to us? The Bible defined this. Defined it for us. 1 John 4 verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Do you know and truly believe the love that God has for you? Do you believe that love? For them, John who wrote this, he said, we know. We know of the love. We have experienced that love. We know the love and we believe in that love. See, that love, the Bible says, never fails. We know and believe in the love that God has for us. That means you can be free to be whatever you want to be. God is not against you. If you believe that love, He is not criticizing you. 
has nothing against your life. In fact, Isaiah 54, God said, in Isaiah 54, God said, I will never be angry again with you. I will never again rebuke you. You know why? Because Jesus on the cross, when love was nailed to the cross, he said, it is finished. No resentment, animosity, or anger between God and man is taken care of. If you don't experience it, it's because you haven't accepted it. That's the only reason. But once you accept it, this power of love will change your life. It will totally transform your life when you accept the love of God. It's such a powerful force. When I experienced that love of God, I mean, it was something new for me. I mean, I loved everybody. I mean, I wanted to do anything. I was out in the middle of the night. One o'clock in the morning, I was still witnessing to, to uh, cops in the street. Yeah, I sure. People were shouting at me and cursing me out. Your curse meant nothing to me. I didn't respond. I wanted you in the house of God. I wanted them to experience what I was feeling. You know, it was such a great feeling. If you've not experienced that feeling, coming to Christ, knowing Christ for the first time, that load taken away from you, and that joy that you feel, and the love for every human being. I mean, it was an amazing thing. Uh, no one could wrong me. In fact, there was one situation somebody had said to a friend of mine, he was here, uh, he said, uh, they told him, uh, good luck, it, no matter what you say to him. I was new in the faith. You know, no matter what you say to him, he, he, he'd never get angry. He never get upset, even if you cuss him out. You know what? I had a, a thing then when I got saved newly. I believe the way I was full of the devil before I came to Christ, they were all full of the devil. So everything they did was coming from the devil. So there was no need to be angry with the individual. I'm going to deal with that devil that's behind it. So I never got angry. And that guy, he cursed me out. I was witnessing to him. He cursed me. While he was cursing, I just... I'll be quiet, and then when it's through, I will start from where I stopped and continue to witness him. Then he cussed me some more, cussed me out some more, and I'll be quiet. And then when he's through with cussing, cussing me out, then I start again from where he says, Why are you not angry with me? I said, For what? He said, I've been cussing you out, and you are not angry. But I, I was uh, really young then. Uh, as a Christian name, I didn't hesitate to tell them that you were not the one cursing me, but it was the devil that's inside of you that is cursing me through your mouth. <laughs> oh, he got really mad. <laughs> but I told him that. It was love. <laughs> but, uh, be quiet. <laughs> I wasn't, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was fun. And boy, when they came to church with me, I wanted them to, I wanted to show them to my pastor. And then he asked him, let them get, let them, let's fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It was really exciting. It was the love of God in your heart. There is nothing like it. No speed can give you that heart. <laughs> Amen. The staff knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> But it's the love of God. It's already in you. Awaken that love in you. Be determined to love. You know, I believe my life is being transformed. Amen. Just by speaking those words. I believe that. 
It's more love. More love in my home. More togetherness in my home. Yes. Because what you speak is what you get. His book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it. Be in night. You know what that means? To meditate? Moderate to yourself. I am a lover. I don't have to get angry. I am a lover. Because Jesus made me. Right? You are born again because Jesus gave birth to you. Right? That's who I am. He says His love is in your heart. God said that. He's poured His love out in your heart. He's there. Let God be true and every man a liar. You got the love of God in your heart. You can love your enemies. You can actually pray for your enemies. You can give to your enemies. Amen. You have that ability sitting right inside of you. God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think, right? According to what? The power that is at work inside of you. That power of love, the love of God is inside of you. And that love will never fail. If you let it loose... Oh, it won't fail. It'll seem as if you're failing when they're nailing you to the cross. But wait after, on the third day, the enemy will realize, oh, that was a mistake. Because resurrection will come. And greater power. Amen. That's what this is all about. To love. We want the love of God to be very evident at the Ark Fellowship. When they get in, even without somebody saying a word, but because we are we have committed to God and to one another to truly love like Jesus loved. Jesus said, "Take my place in love. Love as I have loved you. You are to replace me in this business of loving." Amen. And you do that. You start with your wife. You start with your husband. You start with your children and your brothers in church. Amen. And so he gives us the nature of this love. He says, love suffers long and is kind. Love suffers long and is kind. There is a reason. Love has the power to hold you there while you are suffering. And you are not resentful. That's the love of Jesus. He's so powerful. The world will react. They will even tell you, can't you understand what he's doing to you? React! Be a natural man. No, you're not a natural man. The love of Christ is in you and can suppress that resentment. And so you can love, suffer, long, and be kind. Always well. See, Jesus did that for us. And look, Everyone is sitting in the house of God. He was the only son. Right? But now, many sons. You know this story how they cast him out on the cross. Not a word. Instead, he blessed them. He made an excuse for them. That's the love God is calling you. You know, we are joining the army of love. Amen. When you come to Christ, 
you come to join the army of love. And if we are truly living that love, I mean, the world will be dying to come in here. And we'll be seeing such great power of God manifested. But when there is hatred, murderous spirit in the church, you know, if you hate your brother, if you are angry with your brother, what did he say? You're back killing your mother. When you got that in the church and you expect God to move, they got to be killed. There are murderers inside the church. And the Bible says to love one another fervently. Amen. I am to love you fervently. When you love fervently, you don't wish them evil. You want the best. It says love suffers long and is kind. Love is not envious. It has nothing to do with envy. When you're wishing the God the best, you can't envy them. It's just the power of the love of Jesus. You rejoice when they're doing well. You give glory to God when He's doing well. When He's promoted, no envy. The love of God will curb that envy. In the natural, you could be because you were raised together. But you're rejoicing and you're promoting the guy. Hey, you haven't heard this guy. Hey, you hear him. He's the best. And the wonder, hey, you grew up together and you're promoting. It's the love of Jesus. But you know, when you do that, God will promote you in your own time. When you're jealous, that's when... And, and the enemy has a way of doing it. He has a way of doing it. I heard a great man of God said, you know, he's on television, he's big, and God is doing this thing. And he, when he heard about it at first, he said, I thought to myself, why him? I don't see what he's doing. Why him? And not me. And God rebuked him. He was a man of God. And he humbled himself. He said, I had to beat that thing. Every Sunday, I gave praise to what that guy is doing. <laughs> I started talking about how good he is doing. How God is blessing his ministry. And God delivered him from that. And then God will focus. That's what, no envy. Amen. We are brothers. I told our staff, we are, we are together in this. If you're doing well, I'm doing well. I may get all the glory, of course, Okay. <laughs> But if you're doing well, I'm doing well. If you can preach, that's great. I want you sing. Love does not envy. It does not brag about himself. It's not possible. The Bible tells us that. It's not all about you. See, that's what we have problem in the church. It's all about me. How come did he didn't notice me? He just walked by me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. I preached a good sermon and nobody said a word. So I'm a, I'm a Christian. They just don't know when they hear good sermons. Okay? <laughs> what has sermon got to do with Jesus? All right? A good sermon? No. Change lives. Amen. Change lives. That's what we want. People loving one another 
even more. And the world sees the one that is supposed to be up there is with his brother that is of a low tree. And they're walking together. And they say, wow, this God is really amazing. Walking together. People who supposedly should have differences and they should never be together. And they're doing things together. It's an amaz- it's, it, the world will look with amazement. Look at that. What's going on here? Amen. And then they are convinced. And when you start talking about Jesus, now we know why they are like that. Who gets the glory? He gets the glory. He says that the world, that the world will know that we are of God. By this shall men know that you are my disciples. When they see us loving one another with a fervent love, forgiving one another, the nature of this love. We'll go back to First Corinthians chapter 13. The love of God is not rude. You know? Believe me, I have been rude, okay? I know you guys are all saints, never been rude, right? <laughs> but I have been rude. And uh, when I wrote, read that, I said, oh boy. They said, you've got to do some more work. I've got to let this love out so I'm not rude. I have to think through this even before I approach my brother. I want to be changed. Amen. I want to love like Jesus loved. He's not rude. doesn't seek his own. Well, you didn't. The flower is not right the way you uh, You've got to have the right flower. I put the flower, then somebody moved it. And you're angry. How come I'm not the, uh, I'm not made the leader? Taking advantage of people. But that's not what God has called us to do. We want to give. You see, love gives. Love doesn't take advantage of people. He's stupid, so I'm going to take advantage of him. And you're happy about it. Guess who knows about it? Especially when you're doing it. The Bible says, do good to all men. But especially to those of the household of faith. Especially. You know what that is? If you make up your mind, say, boy, I love that scripture. God, I'm just going to go all the way with that scripture. How many of us are looking for revelation from the word of God? That's a great revelation. Run with it. That one scripture can change your entire life. And change the lives of those around you. If you run with that scripture, I'm going to do good, especially to those of the household of God. And you run with it. And heaven will notice. The Bible says, the word of God will not return to him void. God's eyes run to and fro. He's looking to show himself strong. To fulfill his word. And if you run with that word, you've got it made. You got it made. The Bible says the one who loves, there's no need for any commandment. No need. If you're walking in the love of Christ, there's no need for God to give you any commandment. You're not going to do wrong. If you love, you're perfect. That's why the Bible also tells us perfect love, what? You have no reason to be afraid of anything. There's nothing to be, to be afraid of. Was Jesus afraid of anything? No. He was afraid of not even death. 
He was afraid of nothing. He was the master. You know, before his death, the Bible said he set his face towards Jerusalem. He was going after it. I want to experience that. How many want to experience it? I want to experience it. It's available. I want to experience it. It's the love of God. It tells us that love is not easily provoked. That means love corrects sharpness of anger, temper. It should. If the love of God is at work in your life, you should correct that. Don't ever say, that's just who I am. Well, that's not what love made you when he gave birth to you, right? You were born of love. How can you claim that you don't look like your father <laughs> in this respect? You were born of love. That which is born of the spirit is, that which is born of the flesh is, Jesus gave birth to you. Love gave birth to you. You have the father's eyes. Your heart, you have the father's heart. You can love. You're just like the master. As he is, so are we in this world. God cannot lie. You're lying to yourself. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. If you have been born again, you are like your father who gave birth to you. You have his DNA. You can be just like him. The devil keeps lying to us. That we really can't live life like Jesus, so we compromise it. But Jesus is saying, if you can only believe, just believe it and see what God will do. You have your father's life. You have your father's heart. Adam was like God when he was created. He said, in Luke, he was Adam who was the son of God. He was perfect. And God says, he's going to restore that same thing. In Romans, it tells us that where sin abound, there's more grace. And God has given us abundant grace so that we can reign in life through Christ. Anger. Anger cannot rest in the bosom where love reigns. It's not possible. It's one thing to be angry. The Bible says, be angry but don't sin. It's okay to be angry, but don't let it sit there. That thing will kill you. It's not love. That's why I said, when you step out of love, you step out of life. That thing will kill you. Anger will kill you. If you allow anger in your heart, uh, you're a fool. I didn't say that. The scriptures did Why? Because that thing will kill you. Eventually, it will kill you. Resentment, anger will kill you. That's not of love. Anything that's not of God is of death, of the enemy. Satan brings death. I came that you might have life. But the enemy, he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if you've taken some of his goods, he's going to kill you. There was a guy that were casting demons out of, and the demon said, I'm not going to come out. 
The, guys, the man said, come out of him. He says, the demon replied through the fellow's mouth and said, no, I'm not coming out. And the guy said, why? He says, he's got my property. So the guy said, I called his name Chaplin. John! That was not his real name. And John got up. He says, eh, the demon said you have his property. What do you have? He said, he thought, the demon's property? I mean, that's silly. <laughs> a demon's property? Well, this was dealing with a sexual spirit. So he had some pornography under his bed. That was the enemy's property. He says, he's got my property. Some Playboy magazine. The devil said, that's my property. He's got it. And for that reason, I got a right to be here. Well, when you entertain anger, you got his property. You got his property. He's got the right to come in. You remember when Jesus was trying to cast out the demons? And they said, have you come to destroy us before the time? They were saying, you can't do that. It's not yet time to do that. Jesus said, don't change the subject. Come out of them. But you can't allow it. You just cannot allow anger. Because you were not born of that. You were born of God. You have to believe it. I know you may be feeling that right now. But believe that that's not your true nature. That's not who you are. I can believe in my brother. And when he acts up and says, that's not who he is. I know who he is. That's not him. Because I know him. You understand what I'm saying? I can forgive until my brother gets back where he was, and that's the way you that I know. Not that one, but that kid the other time. Ephesians 4, verse 31. Well, let me go to Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9 first. It says, Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. If you're full, you keep that in there. In Ephesians 4, 31, it says, Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. Let those things go. That's not part of you. That says you have a right to retain them if you want. But you can let it go if you don't want it. How many want to let go today? Yes, I want to let go. I want to let go. Let all of these wrath, anger, bitterness, let them go. It's no good to have them in there. Let them go. And this is the word of God to us. Because when you let them go, your life will be better. God can work miraculous work through your lifetime. But if you retain them, that means you've retained God's enemy in your life. And you still need God. That's not going to work very well. And then verse 32, it says, with malice. It's so terrible that Christians have those that they, can, they don't want to talk to. Malice. How can you be... Would you accept it if Jesus told you, I hate that guy and I don't want to talk to him? And then I said, I saw Jesus the other day and he told me he hates that fellow and he doesn't want to have anything. Would you believe it? No. But believers have people, they, don't, they, 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 they justify it. And they say, well, if you've if you gone through it, you understand why I don't want to have any dealings with them. Well, you have to tell that to the Holy Ghost. And see if he will agree with you. You have to forgive. 
You have to forgive. He says, verse 32, and be kind. What did he say? Be kind to one another. Let's practice these things. Be a doer of the word. Forget all of the bitterness, the anger. Take them all out of your life. And then learn to be kind to one another. I want to be kind to Pastor Andy. I expect him to be kind towards me. You know, I'm really free. I can be free. I can be free to make my mistakes here. I know you have been commended to love me. You got no choice. So I I have freedom to be me. You understand? That's the freedom God brings to our lives when we truly love one another. Then you can talk to me about what I'm doing. I know you love me. You don't mean me harm. You know? So I can take correction and be better. But if you are bitter and you're critical, I can receive from you. You know, you may be telling me the truth, but what I'll be doing is looking for some faults in your life so I can tell you. Right? Is that not what we do? You know the guy is critical towards you. He's telling you your faults. And you're not listening very much. You're thinking about his fault, so you can tell him, right? To see who wins. Huh? <laughs> That's not the way to go. We have to go the way of love. And that's the way the Ark Fellowship is going to be. This is going to be our signature. This is going to be our banner. That's why I'm preaching the message. No other reason, just for this purpose. That God's love will rest upon the Ark Fellowship and the people of the Ark Fellowship. That's the purpose. Caring to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Love does not think evil. Some people think that this is talking about love not cherishing malice and having a desire to revenge. But I believe that this is also talking about love does not suspect evil of others. Love does not suspect evil of others. Have you been very... Do you find it uncomfortable around people who are very suspicious? If they see you in this... Uh, with the... You make, pick up that offering basket back there. If you, they see you picking up the offering basket and no one is around and all you're trying to do is you know, to keep it in the right place. What is he doing with the boss from basket? <laughs> he must be stealing some money. That's not a good thing. You're not working in love. You don't suspect evil of others. You don't assign ill motives to what others are doing. If you're doing that, something is probably wrong in your own life. For the one who is loving, it must be very painful in the face of the evidence. You can no longer excuse it. And you have to accept it. Then you accept it. Ah, okay. I guess I can't deny it anymore. That's love. You make excuses. It's not true. It's not true. And then when you find out, you're hurt by it. You understand what I'm saying? Not constantly suspecting uh, 
people of doing things wrong. That's a very, it's a telling thing. I remember once here in this church, the person is not in this church, and I'm not going to mention the person's name so you will know who I'm talking about, but this is the truth. There was, a, uh, there was a Sunday we were raising money for the land. We were raising money for the land. And it's very painful when people do this. But you have to say forgive. But that's not working in love. That's the, the impression you get, they're looking for a way to trap me and make me look horrible and destroy what you're trying to do. You know what that is? That's, that's my enemy. You understand what I'm saying? It's my enemy. In that case. But I still have to love them. But this day, I think uh, during the week, somebody brought about 600. We were raising the uh, funds here. And I'm be- I was believing God to give us the whole amount on that particular Sunday. And the money didn't come in. And I went to the Lord and I was saying, Lord, I don't believe in you. And I got to have the money. We were short of a few, maybe a few thousand dollars or so. But before the following Wednesday, individuals had come to me and I believe they gave me six thousand, I had six thousand six hundred dollars with me to complete the fund. Glory to God. <laughs> so I was excited. Part of it, they brought about six hundred dollars to my home. Can't. You know, and I brought that money back to church and I put that in an envelope and uh, wrote everything out and I couldn't wait for the people to come together on a Wednesday night to share with them what God had done. And I announced to the church and that's uh, Wednesday night that God had provided for us in two or three days $6,600. And we all rejoiced. And uh, the one who was counting the offering because I said God gave 6,600 and didn't say 600 was for tithe and the rest was for offering they found something that's the lie and this fellow was very angry and came to me and said pastor you said that they gave 6,000 $600. I said, yes, $6,600. He said, yes. But in one envelope, it was written there, $600 for time. And the rest for the night. I said, yes, that's true. She said, but you said it was $6,600. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I said $6,600. And I'm saying, that's the total amount that came to me. Yes, she said. But it was $600 for, I said, listen. Because I, I knew, immediately knew where this person was going. I said, listen, that envelope, that, the way it's written, time, I wrote it. I brought the money here to the church. I put it in that envelope and wrote it out, time. I don't know where you're going. She, she, this person understood. I said, mm. very angry. Because she couldn't trap me. I thought, oh my God. That's a member of our church. Can you work with a person like that? It's very difficult. Love doesn't think evil. I haven't done anything wrong. Pastor, you made a mistake. That would be the attitude, right? You said this. Let me correct you. Then I can say, oh yeah, but this is what I meant. And I asked, I once went back and said, what did I say? Just to be sure. He said, you just made the general thing. But that's a believer who thinks evil. Suspicious. And you got Christians, they are always thinking wrong. They see a man and a woman, and instantly, why is your heart like that? 
Let me show you this. Titus 1.15 To the pure all things are pure. To the pure all things are what? Pure. Your husband didn't come home in the right time. Oh, oh, he's having an affair. Well, keep saying it. And that's what's going to happen. Why, do, why is your... Why are you... T- you have to wait until you got the evidence. And you thinking that, right, that something is wrong. Something has got you. Think the best, and you get the best. Think evil, and you get evil. Love doesn't think evil. Amen. Is the truth. To the pure, all things. How many things? All things are pure. And if you have the love of God in you, all things are pure. You don't suspect evil until you see evidence otherwise. That's, that's why people take advantage of Christians, right? Because what they know, we just believe. And we're not thinking anything bad. Right? That's the way it is. That's the way it should be. That's through love. Amen. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, notice the word defiled and unbelieving, they can't believe anything. All, nothing, he says, nothing is pure. They would instantly assign a new motive. He's just giving so that everybody will know he has money. But how do you know that? Are you God? You know his heart? How do you know? If you were truly working in love, you won't be assigning that to him. They will have to convince you with all the evidence. And then you have to admit. You regret to admit, oh boy, I wish that didn't happen. That's the love of Jesus. Amen? Love thinks no evil. Love does not think evil. Sometimes we say, well, what if I just believe, you know, and I'm not thinking evil? What if they start doing things and I can't even go there? Well, uh, it may seem like they are taking advantage of you because they, know they do that, you know, because they are not, you are not suspecting anything bad because you are loving God, okay? But God will protect you. God will definitely protect you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. That's what the scripture says. I remember this time um, when I was, I'm going to close with this. I have other things to share. But I was in school uh, at the University of Georgia. And we had a meeting in, in uh, our church on one Sunday evening. Nothing, nothing really significant going on. It was just a regular evening service. And this, when Pastor, you know, got through, this guy just wheeled behind back there and said, Wow, I need Jesus. And came to the altar. And boy, we were all shocked and said, Oh my God. God has come, God has come down. This is a wonderful thing because Pastor was just encouraging us. Nothing about salvation, nothing. And so we were glad. And this guy's name was Chuck. He's way back in Georgia. You will never see him. But anyway... But Chuck, uh, after what, in those days, once you get saved, I come to you and I'm trying to do everything, you know. I must take care of my Christian brother. He said, would you live? Good luck. I told him where I was living. And he said, can I rent a place there? So he rented a place close by me. And uh, he wasn't in school, but I could walk straight to my, to my class, you know, right from where I lived. It was so close. But during the day, I will give him my car. 
He had no car. This guy would drive all over town with my car and he'd bring the car back in the evening. Uh, or whatever. And I didn't even care about it. I put gas. He was my Christian brother and I loved him, you know. I, I, I wanted to disciple him. So I let him have his way. So he gave me room uh, to disciple him. But he was not interested in my discipleship program. He wasn't, going, he wasn't going to listen very much. So I kept pursuing after him. One day, he came and said, Good luck, you want to buy this camera? It was a Minolta camera, a real huge camera, huge lens. Remember those cameras? Huge lenses. And I said, he, I said No, I don't want the camera. And uh, I said, I have mine. I had another Minolta, a smaller one. He said, just give me 50 bucks for it. I said, no way. Where did you get it from? He said, well, my girlfriend gave it to me uh, as a gift uh, for my birthday. I said, it's your birthday. I went, happy birthday to you and all of that. And uh, he said, I I don't want the camera. I said, but your girlfriend gave it to you. Why get rid of the camera? He said, I don't want it. I I need some money. So he said, take me to a pawn shop. And I got in my car and drove him to the pawn shop. I was angry because he was selling this great camera uh, for about a hundred dollars. I mean, huge camera, huge lens. The lens probably cost about three hundred dollars, and he sold it for to this guy for one hundred. And I, but I was still taking care of my uh, Christian brother. But this guy was no safe at all. He had been doing that same thing in every church where he went. He go from one to one church. He gets saved. And then the pamper, he'll, get, he'll take stuff from them. And then he'll move from that church. He'll go to another church. But I loved him. He was a brother to me. I didn't, you know, you guys know, I don't know much about cocaine and all of that stuff. <laughs> but one day I was in the, this uh, graduate hall. And uh, I was witnessing to, these, uh, to some guys in the graduate hall in the uh, University of Georgia. And this guy kept, he, he, he came in. He was leaning to the wall like that. He couldn't stand. His legs were like rubber. And he was going, ah, ah, ah. I immediately turned from my witnessing. My Christian brother is dying. And I'm, I'm going, wow, that's Chuck. Chuck is dying. I got to pray for Chuck. So I ran to Chuck, and he said, Chuck, what's going on? He said, oh, nothing, brother. Ah. I thought, I mean, I knew nothing about speed or cooking, nothing, you know that. And I was thinking, boy, God, he's got to be saved. God, you got to heal him today. The last word he wanted to hear was prayer. So I said, brother, let me lay hands on you and pray. He said, no, 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 no prayer. Anyway, ah, I said, oh Lord, he won't even let me pray for him. What's wrong with this Christian brother? So I left going and saying, God, please help him, help him. He went up, you know, crawling his way up there. And I thought, you know, he was sick. And then uh, this time, another fellow, a Muslim guy that I've been witnessing to, he had been watching this love between these two Christian brothers from a distance. One day I was out driving around again and I went back to my place. And there were cops all over the place. Cops, all blue lights, all over. 
And I came there and uh, I was saying, what's going on? I can't even get in my parking space. What's all these cops? My Muslim friend, he was from Sudan. He said, good luck. Come and see your Christian brother. <laughs> He's in the back of that police, that cop's car. Come and look. Your beloved Christian brother, he said. <laughs> he was laughing. He said, he has his hands handcuffed behind him. He said, I have been watching you. You were crazy. I see you giving your car to that guy. He could have gone to California with your car. God helped you. Now look at your Christian brother. My point is, even though you don't, your, if your heart is pure, God will protect you. God protected me. He, was, he had the key to my car anytime he wanted it. And he knew. He could have gone to another town. So we can afford to trust. Even if they are taking advantage of us. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Please stand up. <laughs> okay. We must love one another fervently. That's why he came. Okay? That's why he came. Don't make excuse. Give a reason not to love. Jesus wants us to love one another. It's more evident when you don't have any reason to love and you're still loving. They see Jesus. They see him loving for you. Amen? That's what we want to do. If you don't know Christ, then you haven't experienced this love. You can't. You have nothing to give. But if you've experienced Him, then you have this love. I've talked about anger in your heart. Maybe against a family member. Somebody's hurt you in the past. If He's still there, today God can heal you. All you have to do is say, God, I don't want it anymore. You can't take it out of you. But if you're determined, God will remove it. And then you wake up and it's gone. If you seem to have that suspicious nature, nature, don't excuse it. Because something is really going on there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't excuse it. Don't say, this is the way I am. It could be something that happened in the past. You got to get rid of it. Because God cannot work with somebody like that. If you have that nature, how could God give you words of knowledge? You understand? Because your whole mind is going to be obstructing it. It just will not work. We want to get rid of that. Issues with anger, resentment. God wants to free us. Would you come here and join me? There's no need to be ashamed. If you've got something in your life you want to get rid, you want to do well, you really want to enter into that love of God. Would you come and join me up here? And I'm coming down first because I want to live, live a life that's clean before the Lord. Would you come and join me, please? 
If that's you, you want to totally love. You want to totally love. You want to commit your life totally to love. You're going to forgive everyone that's wronged you. You're going to do everything, turn everything over. You will love. You will love. You will love God first. And then you love your fellow man. You're willing to go the second mile. You're willing even to die if it's possible. To inconvenience, inconvenience yourself just to see that the other person is doing better. That is what love is. Husband, wife, same thing. No bitterness. Today is that day. Let God free us from it. That those that have wronged you, those that have hurt you, release them. That's a way of releasing yourself. You are free when you release them. Then you're free to love. Jesus is here today to free us from all of that. I'd like to rename the Ark Fellowship if it was possible. It's a fellowship of love. Amen. We love one another. I love all these people here. Believe me, I truly, I, I'm in love with the people we have here. I love you very much in my heart. I, I told our staff, I don't want to ever entertain in my heart something bad against my, any one of them. Unless the evidence is there. But even if I do something, it's to make them better. I'm not going to cut you down. I pray that God helps me never to do that. Because in doing that, following through, that's when I will be what God created me to be. That's what it's all about. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord today as you commit to Him to love? Commit yourself to Him to love. To love, abandon yourself. Jesus trusted us when He gave everything up for us. He trusted us when He went to the cross. He gave everything. Especially those of us that God has put together at the Ark Fellowship. We need to love one another fervently. Leave me by the grace of God. I told my, my wife, I'm growing in this. I'm really growing. It's more for me, I guess. I'm growing. I'm growing. I want to be gentle. I want to be a different kind of pastor. Not one that will take advantage of anyone, but to love. To seek the best. Not assign ill motives to what you're doing. So I appreciate it when you are promoted. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you. We commit ourselves today before our God that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will truly love so that the world will know that Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen from the dead. He is alive and is loving through us. We can forgive. We can get rid of resentment. We can call them and tell them, I love you with the love of Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, I love you. Yes, it is possible because you live in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We honor your name. We honor the love of God that you spread abroad in our heart. From this day forth, life will be so good. So much better for us. So much better for us. Because we are in love. Say with me, I am a lover. 
I've forgiven everyone that's offended me. I release them. I'm a lover. Jesus, you made me a lover. I am in love with you and with your people. God bless you with this mate.